Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're with Lindley and Ryan on Breakfast with Lindley and Ryan. Right, businesses with decades-long heritage and legacy are often cherished and celebrated for their contribution to the economy, society and culture. And uh, original owners of such businesses approach retirement age or pass away, finding suitable successors can be a major challenge though, right? Yeah, Lynn. So this is something a lot of um, older business owners have in mind, at the back of their minds, you know, what's going to happen next? Because as you imagine, it takes a long time to acquire some of these mm. skills and not everyone is keen to learn or get training. And of course, they also have varying interests. So the younger generation is a very different bunch, as you know. So this is something they are constantly faced with the, I guess, thought of what's next. And this is where heritage businesses are facing the possibility of closure, sometimes Mm -hmm. being sold off because of that lack of continuity. Before we go into that, is there a heritage food that you Mm. miss and haven't had for a long time and haven't been able to find it anywhere else? I think what comes to mind is that dragon candy that used to be really Mm. popular back in the day. I don't really see it around much these days. How about you, Lynn? I don't know. I am okay with a lot of different types of food. So (laughs) anything that goes in my tummy is good. Anyway, last year we read one of the hawker stalls at Maxwell, right? The China Street Fritters. Lowering their asking price from $1 million to $500,000 to sell their recipe. $1 million to half a million. I'm not even sure if it's worth that much because I haven't tried it yet. Have you? Um, not for a long time, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I think $500,000 for a secret recipe is worth the money, you know? Well, they were trying to sell their recipe to interested successors, right? So No takers, at least um, no matches in, in that sense because I think in some cases the asking price did not match what some were willing to pay. Well, no such problems for you know, someone we're talking to today. Jocelyn Loy, she is a third-generation owner. What made her decide to give up her senior manager role in a five-star hotel to continue the legacy of her late grandma? Let's invite her into the conversation. Welcome to the show, Jocelyn. Hi. Morning, Jocelyn. Morning. Glad to have you on. Okay, Jocelyn, I'm also Hainanese, right? Your mother is still running the first stall at Topayo, which is the only stall serving traditional Hainanese Ibwa, which is for the uninitiated, like Ryan, <laughs> glutinous <laughs> rice kueh with grated coconut, peanuts, sesame seeds, gula melaka, and uh, a bit of ginger and oh, a bit of persimmon. Very, very nice, a little bit zesty. Where do you get the recipe? Is it your grandmother's? Uh, yes. So basically, my grandmother was the one who started the first store in Topayo. Mm-hmm. And yep, the recipe has been passed down since a generation. Mm-hmm. Do you make it? Uh, yes, currently, yes. At our second outlet located at Braspasa Complex. So my mom makes the kuih at Topayo and I make the orders over here for this outlet. Oh, now I wish you were in the studio and you could have brought us some kuih to try. So was it an easy <laughs> yeah. decision to leave the corporate world to take this up? To be honest, it wasn't exactly um, a hard decision to make because you know I want to do this to keep the connection between me and my grandmother. Mm. So I guess having that 
as a strong reason and a strong motivating factor for me, right, to move out of the industry to do this. It wasn't really a hard decision. Now, Justin, just wondering, though, as you're growing up with the rest of your family, were there expectations for you to, at some point, join the family business? Because, you know, this is something I think traditionally happens um, across family businesses. So did you feel that pressure to, at one stage, join the business? Not really, though. So my grandma has always been, like, happy-go-lucky, easy-going kind. And especially when it comes to, you know, taking over the business her response to people would always be, it's okay, leave it up to fate. You know, if someone in the family wants to take over, then okay. If there isn't any, then okay, so be it. What gave you the idea to modernise the business, to appeal to younger consumers online with such a competitive online space? One thing, kueh market, people usually buy kueh at the hawker stalls. What made you think of doing that? I think first thing first, I think we have a very unique product. But what we were lacking of a few years back was actually social media presence. Mm -hmm. So the very first step that we took was to create like our social media platforms. And then, you know, by doing that, it actually gives a younger vibe to Mm. the whole product. This can be a very traditional item, but we are jepping in new blood new stuff into it you know Mm. to modernize this entire thing give it a new look in terms of like packaging and stuff so you know hopefully with this we can open up to a bigger market and how has the response been actually so far so good ever since we we started we have captured a lot of um, younger generations Mm -hmm, attention mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on our social media platforms and also we started venturing into collaborating with influencers to help us spread the word Mm -hmm. to get more people to know this and so far so good the response has been pretty good because there are people who or rather people of my age who have not tried this square before Mm. um, actually came down to purchase and try it for their first time and they, they love it yeah, you should reach out to Lynn. She's an influencer as well. She'll help you spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, in conversation with Jocelyn Noy, she is the third generation owner for Heising Cuisine and Snacks. So she has helped to modernize her mom's and grandma's business to some extent, going online, selling kueh. Uh, can you help us give an idea for someone who's also thinking or going through the same journey, modernizing, going online? It's not just as simple as setting up a website or an Instagram page, right? There's a lot of thinking behind it. Uh, how much you spend on marketing, online spending, amplifying, how much you spend on influencers. You know, walk us through that thought process and how do you work out a plan to go online? I think the very first step that you know we have to take is to plan out in terms of like the pipeline, like, okay, we can always start small and then what are the steps that we need to take? For example, how much ads do we need to run on social media or it's reaching out to uh, influencers a slightly cheaper way to do it because we can actually uh, maybe just send them our food for review. If they like it, they post for us and that's how we can get traction and all it costs you is actually just your food cost itself. Mm. So things like that, you know, there are a lot of... Um, Um, small things that can be done for small businesses and then next moving on will be what is next in your pipeline are you going to set up a physical store or are you going to just maintain you know just doing it home base just doing online business you want to open a physical shop to welcome customers to walk in to purchase because there's a lot of steps they need to take Mm. in between a lot of um, licenses involved and then what kind of grants you are eligible for and all these things how do you deliver your stuff what was the learning curve in terms of figuring out how to get your stuff to your customers Right. Um, 
I would say that we are quite lucky because we have uh, a lot of family members available who could help us uh, deliver in the initial stage. And then um, sometimes we actually broke in third parties as well, like the common platforms such as uh, Grab Express, Lala Move, mm-hmm. all these platforms. So sometimes when timing could not meet, we need some urgent deliveries, we will use platforms like that. It got to be a mix. But I mean, of course, the most cost saving way is, of course, to do it yourself la, or get a family member to assist. Talking about cost saving, how do you ensure that your business makes money and is sustainable over the long run? We actually venture into expanding the menu because uh, our signature kuih itself is actually quite affordable in terms of mm-hmm. pricing. Mm-hmm. So if I want to make enough money using one item to even pay the rental of a unit, that is uh, not really possible. So we actually expand the menu. We started to create different products that would actually appeal to different markets so that, you know, it's not just Hainanese people purchasing this kuih from us. We can expand into other markets and other people can come to our shop to buy. Maybe we sell laksa now Mm -hmm. and then we have um, cookies as well. Mm-hmm. We have mochi. Mm-hmm. So there are different products that we have to offer to the market. And this will help us increase the profit margin, the overall profit margin. Okay, we were talking earlier about how there were some questions around what makes Hainanese cuisine Hainanese, right? What, what is Hainanese snacks? What are Hainanese snacks? What is Hainanese food? So can you take us through some of the more distinct Hainanese snacks that you have on offer? Of course, the most signature, the most iconic item would be ipua, mm-hmm. which is like the white colour kuih, right? Mm-hmm. That has um, shredded coconut mixed with gula melaka as fillings. And then we also mix in peanut, sesame, and there's a hint of ginger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the most um, unique one that we have in the Hainanese culture. Mm-hmm. And of course, other stuff such as, say, uh, maybe we have Hainanese pork chop. There's a lot of fusion <laughs> dishes available. <laughs> yeah. So, But if we're talking about, say, like, I mean, Hainanese chicken rice is common, right? But the Hainanese chicken rice in Hainan Island itself actually tastes different from the one that we are having in Singapore. So there are some, um, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of Hainanese cuisine available in the market right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we try to bring as much as we can. So other than that, we also sell a fried glutinous rice steak. Mm. that yeah, Hainanese likes to have during uh, CNY period. So we have it in store available throughout the year also. Oh, oh, I don't know about that one. I must go and try it. It sounds like a lot of work needs to be put behind all these snacks and also a lot of ingredients. I'm just thinking about how the costs of all these things have been going up. How much has that affected you? Uh, definitely it will affect us somehow or rather because of inflation, right? So, but what we are trying to do is to still keep, we try to bring down the, we can lower a little bit of the profit margin, you know, just to keep the iconic way itself uh, affordable. Yeah, but we try to actually split the costs amongst the other products that we are selling to try to recover back a little bit on the other side. Okay, coming back to your journey to where you are now, what are some of the sacrifices you had to make? I see that you're a young person, right? So balancing demands of running a small business with a personal life, surely that mustn't be easy. Uh, yeah, so basically I jumped from a 9 to 5 to a two four seven, right? So every moment is about work. At the moment, there's still no such thing as balance yet. But of course, I hope that you know, in time to come, once this new outlet has stabilized, can get back a little bit of personal life, a little bit of me time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. But right? at the moment, it's all in. Yeah, and yeah, just to wrap things up, Justin, 
looking back, you know, you've gone through so much and learned so much as well. What are some of the lessons you think you can share with some of the other business owners who are also facing the same struggles you might be going through? Uh, some of the lessons you've learned along the way. I think the most important thing that, you know, they have to keep in mind is why they are doing this. Like, do they have a really strong, motivating uh, reason behind the business? I mean, if you have that, and then you just have to have perseverance, like, go through this thing, yeah. I mean, it's definitely tough in the beginning, but good things will come. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jocelyn. Jocelyn Loy there, third generation owner of Hainan Cuisine and Snacks. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.